Amen. And let's give a huge thank you to our HBCU students and alumni. We thank you guys for showing us and, and talking to us about the HBCU experience. God bless you. And then I want to thank you guys for coming again to worship with us. God has been good to me. Amen. Amen. If God has been good to you, just go ahead and put that in the um, comment section. Just type in good to me. Good to me. Don't forget to say hello and let us know where you are listening from. Feel free to like and share this with your family and friends. You can actually start a watch party. And I don't know if you know this, but we are now on YouTube. You can do youtube.com slash Zion Temple. We also, you can also hear this sermon on Spotify as well as Apple Music. So thank God for just different venues of being able to get the gospel out. Let's pray. Lord, we bless you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I ask that you might speak not only through me, but speak to me. And we'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't forget, you can still say amen, hallelujah. You just have to type it in. We love um, doing that and hearing that or reading that. And if you need prayer, if you want us to pray with you anytime during the sermon, just go ahead and put up the hand emoji or type in the word prayer. We have people who are standing by waiting to um, engage you in prayer. All right, you ready? Type in ready and we'll get going to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 as we talk about the journey from expectation to manifestation. The journey from expectation to manifestation. We're going to be in Mark chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 22. We're going to go all the way through 41, but we're going to do it in groups, so we'll be all right. Check this out. So here we are in Mark chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. It reads this. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jairus, so I'm sorry, so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And so here we have Jairus, who's this ruler of the synagogue. He comes to Jesus and he, he comes, he's broken. Why? Because his daughter is about to die. She's deathly sick. She's um, um, don't know exactly what's wrong with her, but we know that she's about to die. And so Jairus comes, he risked everything just coming to Jesus. He's a ruler of the synagogue. At this point, and for parents, you know this, that you would do anything for your child. You wouldn't care if you're ridiculed for it. If you knew that there was a 100% cure for your kid and your kid was um, sick, Jesus was there, you going. You don't care what you believe, right? So here's Jairus. He's there at the feet of Jesus. He falls down and says, hey, please come to my house. My daughter is sick. She's about to die. And Jesus goes with him. Boom. Jairus has expectation about to happen. So Jairus comes. What's his expectation? Well, his daughter was sick. He's expecting his daughter to be healed, right? Because Jesus has agreed 
to go with him. In fact, as verse 24 says, so Jesus went with him and their people followed. They thronged him. There was a whole bunch of people going with Jesus and Jairus. Now, Jairus is confident, right? Because why? Jesus is going to do this. He's on his way to his house. He's beaming with expectation as he expects Jesus to heal his daughter and she will live. And then, boom, verses 25 through 34, there's an interruption that happens. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been there? You, you, you're, you're, God is moving towards something. You're on your way. You sense God doing some great things. And then all of a sudden, there's some, an interruption. Well, we're going to look at two types of interruptions. In verses 25 through 34, it says, A certain woman, she had an issue of blood um, for 12 years, and she pressed her way through this crowd of people, Remember that throng that was going? They, they saw Jesus, but everybody wanted to be healed. And she touches Jesus' garment, uh, the hem, just the bottom of it, and she is healed. And Jesus stops. Come on now. You tell me. If it's you, you and I, we're Jairus. We've asked Jesus to come heal our daughter. He's on his way. To heal our daughter, come on, we got to skip in our step, and he can't go fast enough. And all of a sudden, here's this woman touching Jesus. What do you think Jairus has said, or what do you think Jairus thought? Well, let me ask you this. Can you even relate to something like that? You sense God is doing some great things in your life. You sense God is giving you direction, and all of a sudden, there's an interruption. If you can relate to something like that, just type in the words, I can relate. Or just type in the word relate. Amen? Just relate. I can relate to it. You, you expected God to do some things and all of a sudden there's sidetrack or interruptions come. And so, and to make this interruption worse, not only did she touch Jesus' garment and got healed, well, Jesus stops. And now he's examining the crowd of people, looking around, and he's asking this question, who touched me? And the disciples trip, Jesus, you tripping. Who touched you? Come on, everybody's trying to touch you. And Jesus says, no, there's something different about this touch. And then Jesus engages in a full-on conversation with this woman. Come on, if I, I'm Jairus, I'm like, Jesus, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus, we got to go. This woman could have, she could have been, you know, come on. Speak a word, do something, but let's go. You, you are on your way to, to my house to heal my daughter. Don't forget the goal, Jesus, was to heal my daughter. God bless you, my sister. Okay, but you got to go. Come on now, let's go, Jesus. Right? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure none of y'all, none of y'all would have thought that way. And that was what I would call a a, a God ordained interruption. 
Because I believe that Jesus allowed, that God had allowed this interruption to happen so that Jairus can put this in his cross and, and he's going to bring it up and use it later. Some things God is doing for us on the way from um, the expectation, from expectation to manifestation. Some of the interruptions are God ordained as he's building and preparing us for something to come. So on the, on, on, um, in the journey from expectation to manifestation, expect interruptions. We have God-ordained interruptions, and then we have interruptions that, 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 that come from, from the enemy. You got to remember that we are in a spiritual warfare and that your enemy, Peter says, your enemy, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. His goal is to try to, um, to, to, to dissuade us from following God or to hinder us from reflecting and experiencing the glory of God in our lives. And so Soon as that interruption was over, the woman, Jesus is finished with the woman. Verse 35 says this, while he was still speaking, Jesus is speaking to the woman, finishing that conversation up. Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble you, the teacher, any further? That's 535, uh, using the New King James Version. So while Jesus is finishing up his conversation, he's wrapping that up. He's engaged with this woman. Got that? He's engaged with this woman. And the people come from Jairus' house. They push through the crowd. They had to push through the crowd to get there, right? And they come to Jairus and they, they tell him, hey, your daughter, if someone came and said, your daughter is dead, hey, forget it. No need. Your daughter's dead. And so notice this, one, that the message, the, the intrusion, the deterrent came from someone from within his own house. Mm. One of his servants, more than likely. Someone he was familiar with. Not only that, I, I believe the, the intent of the deterrent was to cause fear and doubt. Well, how, how, how do you deal with that when, when, when the enemy comes and he's, he's, he's doing these things or saying these things and trying to sow seeds of discourse or um, um, doubt and fear? It's a whole lot of people around. And the messenger came to the ruler. And who, despite the crowd, watch this, Jairus, despite the whole crowd of people that he had to be engaged in because the crowd was following Jesus, but Jairus was part of the crowd on the way to Jesus' house. Trust me, they were trying to push Jairus out of the way, too, to get their healing, to get what they want. So despite the crowd, despite the pushing and the shoving, despite try, everyone trying to get close to Jesus, Jairus himself remained close enough to hear. On the journey from expectation to manifestation, remain close enough to hear from God.
Jairus had to do what he had to do to stay close to Jesus, not to let Jesus, not to let people separate him from Jesus. How do I know that he was close enough to hear? Watch this. Verse 36 says this. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Now, here's what I gather from that. One, it shows me that the, that the intent of the enemy was to cause fear and disbelief. And so Jesus says to Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe. Two, how do I know that he was close enough? Because um, J Jesus communicated to Jairus. And so through all the throngs of people, Jairus is close enough to hear the word of the Lord, hear the word of Jesus saying, don't be afraid, only believe. So on your journey from expectation to manifestation, you can expect interruption Two, stay close. Do what you've got to do to stay in the word of God so that you can hear the spirit of the Lord speak to you through his word. On the journey, here's another one. On the journey from, from expectation, remember Jairus is expecting healing, expectation to manifestation, sometimes you've got to practice separation. Notice, everyone that's in your life up until this point of your journey does not mean that everyone, they've been great up to this point, uh, but that does not mean that they are going to go with you or that they're a part of the journey from where you are now to where you're going. Be okay with God removing some people out of your circle. Why do you say that, Pastor? Check this out. In verse 37, it says, and G speaking of Jesus, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Amen. Be careful of who's in your inner circle. So on the journey from, from, from the ex going from your expectation to the manifestation of the thing that you're expecting or, or the, the, um, of what God has spoken into your life, of what you believe the Lord is doing in you, everybody's not a part of that journey. So be okay with some very good people, some well-meaning people, not to be there on the rest of the journey. Doesn't mean you got to be angry with them. It just means they're not part of the journey. Here's another one. On the journey from expectation to manifestation, be willing to step outside of tradition. Check out verse 38. Tradition is happening. Jesus gets there. It says, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, meaning Jairus, and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. Watch this. Because they would hire, when someone would die, they would hire. That was their practice. They would put on sackcloth and ashes, and they would hire these professional mourners, and, and that's what they would do. So now, they get there, um, and outside of the house are all these people a-weeping and a-wailing, a-weeping and a-wailing. That's what they're doing. They're doing their job, which indicates to Jairus, what? That his daughter is as the message that got to him that she was dead. Yes, 
That was the indication. So tradition had it, and tradition made it look like it had to be this way. But Jesus said, on verse 39, he says, but she is not asleep. And they laughed. Obviously they laughed because, they laughed because obviously she was dead. Here's another one. On the journey from expectation to manifestation, it's not always what it seems. Mm. It is not always what it seems. Jairus, from everything from the outside, would conclude that his daughter was dead. Jesus spoke a word and said, she's not dead. They laughed at him because they knew that she was dead. These were what? Professional mourners and the people around, they knew dead. That was their job, to know dead. So they knew dead. But what they did not know, hello somebody, that the Jesus that they were talking to was God himself wrapped in human flesh and that he was the same God that spoke to, to have the prophet speak to some dry bones and ask, can these bones live again? And he began to speak, the prophet began to speak and the spirit of God caused flesh to rise that the, into the bones and caused things to go in place. That's a whole nother message. But to know that they did not know, they knew that the girl was dead, but they did not know that they were talking to the same God, but in human in flesh who was there when Elisha the prophet laid on a little boy who had been dead and breathed on him and he came to life. What they did not know is that they were talking to the same God who was in now in human flesh who took man and formed him in dust and made him into his image and took his own breath and blew into him and he became a living soul. That which had no life was blown on by the power of God, of God himself and became living. <laughs> they didn't know. And then Jesus, again, put them all out, except for Peter, James, John, mom and dad, went into the room, and he spoke to a dead situation, to a lifeless body. And he spoke, and says, little girl, rise. And my goodness, gracious galore, she got up and Jairus went from expectation, from interruption and, and, and seeing um, people trying to deter him from his vision, from, I mean, from his um, belief and seeing what God would do to hearing Jesus speak and watching and seeing his little girl come to life from death unto life and she was only sleep wise she was dead but she was sleep as far as God was concerned what was dead to us was sleep to what God was concerned because God hadn't finished his work and there's some things in your life that may seemingly be dead but God is not finished with you God is not finished with them be careful who you speak to why because I want you to know that God is not finished with a whole lot of folk and so there's still life when God says there's more there is more so don't be afraid to trust God and to live in the fullness of his calling in your life. And my brothers and my sisters, remember this, that the word of God that Jesus said that the gates of he was building his church upon a rock and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so COVID may have shut the church down. And I keep going to this. Why? Because it is my experience that while our doors were closed, God has given new vision. God has given new ministry. God has given new 
outreach and God has put us into new relationships with new people despite what is going on. And so what the enemy may mean in your life to stunt you, to keep you from seeing the hand of God. God has said, I've got more for you as long as you're breathing. There is hope and God is able to speak to what you think is dead and breathe life into it and says, get up. Where is God speaking in your life? If God has said it's going to be, it's going to be. So on this journey from expectation <laughs> to manifestation, remember, expect interruption, stay close. So that you can hear. Stay in the word of God. That you might hear from God. Remember. You may have to practice separation. Everybody on this. Up on the journey up until this point. Is not. Are not the people. That God has for you to continue your journey with. And then. Be willing. Be willing to step outside. Of tradition. On the journey from expectation to manifestation, remember it's not always what it seems. And finally, remember that God brings things that were once dead, considered no good, and over. That God can take those very things and bring them to life. The greatest example... <laughs> Was Jesus being dead, crucified, buried. And the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, my God, lives inside of us. So I want to speak to the brother or the sister who, who you came here today. Maybe invited, maybe you just happened to see this message. Maybe on the day it's recorded, maybe years from now because of the internet. But I believe you're here because God has a word for you that it's not over. It's not over. God has a new life for you. God wants to infuse you with his power and his presence. You've given up your dream. And God says, it's not over. It's not over. When you've come to know Christ, he makes us a brand new creation and God wants to, to allow you. He wants to reveal himself to you in relationship. Would you like that? Would you like to know him? Be encouraged by him? To know that it's not over? You'll say, Pastor, I want to know him. I want to know him. I don't need church. I don't need tradition. I just want to know him. I want to know him. We want to share with you how you can know him. Just type in the words, know him. Know him. Right there, right in the comment section. K-N-O-W space H-I-M. Know him. 
you don't want to type it because you don't want everybody to know, go ahead and send us an email to ztccpower, ztccpower at gmail.com. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you how you gave Jairus the interruption to be able to see that if you can heal this woman with an issue of blood, that when he got to his house and things looked bad, that he could reflect and see he was walking with the same Jesus who just healed this woman. And that if you could do that, you could take care of his situation. And now, God, if you could take care of Jairus' situation, you can take care of ours. And so, Lord, there are those who want to know you. I pray that you might move by your spirit to draw them and that you would give us the words of your word to build a solid foundation of hope in their lives. And we thank you. We thank you. And, Lord, we'll be so careful to give you the praise, you the glory, and you the honor. May you be glorified in all that we say and do. And we bless your name and we thank you in Jesus' name. And may the people of God say amen. To those of you who want to know, know him, welcome to the family of God. We are going to share with you and you're going to walk away empowered by God himself. Good morning. We are Eric and Cheryl Bell coming to you from ZTCC with today's church financial news. And today's topic is generosity. Generosity? Generosity. Like church offering, right? More like partnering with Zion Temple. Financial partnering. Yes. Well, you know, a lot of people wonder, what do you do with the money? Wouldn't you like to know what they do with the money? I'm glad you asked that question. Okay. I can tell you. Okay. How? Well, I work in the church business office, so I kind of know a few things. Oh, you have the inside scoop. I have the inside scoop. Well, let the people know what we do with the money. Well, when you partner with Zion Temple, you contribute to many worthwhile things, such as our church scholarship fund. And we've had three children benefit from the scholarship fund. True. And then we also have our church school backpacks giveaway in which we give away supplies for children from kindergarten all the way up through college. We also have our community Christmas toy drive. And that's a great event where we fellowship with the community, give away toys and just have a great time. And then the last thing is our food giveaway in which we are able to bless the community with about up to 150 boxes uh, per week. And so right now that's a great thing. And those are great ministries to support. And you too can support by giving four ways. One, you can text to 73256, the word power and the dollar sign, or you can send it through Zelle at ztccla at gmail.com or you can give to the link in the in the comments below or lastly you can send it by mail at 1315 East Vernon Avenue Los Angeles California 90011 and those are great things and we thank you right now for your generosity and we thank you for blessing those at Zion and blessing those in the community at Zion. God bless you. And again, thank you 
for coming to worship with us. We look forward to seeing you again, to hearing from you. Reach out anytime. We're here also on a Monday through Wednesdays at 1 p.m. and Fridays at 1 p.m. through break time with Pastor V. That's me. All righty. So I will see you then. I'll see you Monday. And again, thank you for coming to worship with us. You don't have to leave. Enjoy the worship of our band as they skillfully worship the Lord and play, bringing glory to him. God bless you.